Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Flexible head, silicone product. Very nice for the grip. Something people can take with them. Rechargeable. That's the voice of Nina Joyner. Nina is the creator and owner of Fillmore Adult Gallery in downtown Oakland. Me, I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of Right Nowish. You know, that show that's all about arts and culture in the Bay Area, but it's never just about arts and culture in the Bay Area. Anyway, back to Nina. Nina's also a filmmaker, a political mover and shaker, and most recently, a sex toy creator. Yeah. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. We wanted to make sure that the grip was enough for people who have hand issues or elderly people. I'm just happy about it, you know, just to hold your idea in your hand. So as a teenager, I used to run around my friends and we used to run into sex shops and like it was jokingly like badass kind of stuff, right? And then as an adult, I've been into a couple of sex shops, but I think it has this like self-imposed kind of feeling of guilt or like I'm looking around to see who watches me as I go in. And so talking to Nina, it was a little uh, different. I've never interviewed anybody in a sex shop or a sex store, never really talk about sex in general in any of my writing. At the same time, like I've been in here, I've talked to you many of times. It's just like you got this tunnel vision, you're like, that is not a dildo right there. That is not a dildo. I'm just walk straight, walk out, turn around. <laughs> so inside the gallery, there's all type of artwork. I'm talking about paintings, pictures, comic books, films, videos dildos, things to get spanked with, lubrication, things to put inside of holes. I think they're called butt plugs. All types of works. And behind the cash register, there's this big yellow sign that I used to see in Oakland all the time. So it says adult bookstore and right now we just had somebody from our church come in and frame it for us so they just put it up so I'm happy about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you heard that right. Somebody from their church. More on that later. Nina told me that that sign that I had seen for years was actually from an adult bookstore not too far from their gallery that recently closed. I would actually walk past this place and got familiar with the owner. We just had a good relationship. They gave me the sign for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, so on top of that, Nina told me that there were two other adult stores that had recently shut down in downtown Oakland. So given that, it made me realize the importance of where we were standing. I had to know a little bit more of the backstory and how we got from there to where we are today. Let's get a bit of the origin story. When did you start the shop and what was the thing that made you want to start it? I officially opened February 14, 2011. We didn't have great retail at the time. And I think we have an advantage because I am a person of color that we're able to understand what it means to shop while being black or being brown and what that looks like, especially in an intimate space. I think when people come into sex shops and not just coming to buy a vibrator or a sex toy or a lubricant or what have you, they're actually looking for acceptance of what they're doing is okay and it's not shaming. There's a certain art to that, to like making sure that people are comfortable. You know, I experienced it as a journalist, but you're dealing with something that's so like taboo Mm -hmm. and navigating that. When you're so connected to the community as I am, you have to protect people's information. You can't be here and go out and blab. My mom would always say, don't talk under people's clothes. And that for me has stuck forever because you can destroy a person when you do that to them. Because when there is a space for someone to share who they really are, they really share who they really are. And if you don't give them that, they shut down, they go into a darker place and they can't get out. It rocks the boat in a psychological way How do you deal with that in your church circle? I actually wore my uh, Feel More sweatshirt to church the other day. Um, I feel proud. I don't feel, you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now that says I sell sex toys, but if you were in insurance, you would tell someone, hey, I'm I'm the insurance guy, you know, whatever it may be. And I wanted to wear it to church because one, I was coming to work afterwards, but two, I should be proud to go into a space like that. I should be proud because I'm also giving the money that I make here into my tithes and my donations. And so I want to set a place and a precedence that I am true to who I am. If I'm going to take this business to another level, I also have to step out of my shame. And that shame is also has to do with church. It also has to do with going to professional spaces with us. I sell sex toys. Like, I wore this to the mayor's office. Like, I'm not saying I don't care. But the thing is, if I hide who I am, who's going to know who I am? Fillmore, how can we help you? Yeah, so Nina wears the brand on their sleeve. I'm talking about in the church, in the street, even when meeting with political figures like when Kamala Harris spoke at their church in 2017. I own a, a retail business called Fillmore. And, uh, What's it called? Give a plug to yourself. Can, can I? Yes, you can. It, it, it's a sex shop in Oakland called oh. Fillmore. <laughs> I, I got I'm you sorry, person. Reverend. <laughs> He's, he's my minister. So. Go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> See, I told you, Nina is Nina wherever they go. In the face of the reverend, politicians, you name it. And it's been like that for a while. Before owning the shop, you had another venture, correct? What did I do? Porn? Yeah, yeah I shot porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I still shoot porn when I can, yeah. you know. Yeah, so Nina's won two feminist porn awards for their films. Tight Places, A Drop of Color, and the second one was called Hella Brown, The Real Sex in the City. <sighs> oh, shit. They've been screened at adult festivals all around the world. The porn has been places that I have never been. Paris is being sent to Amsterdam and Germany. So I'd use Laney College to in uh, Berkeley City College to learn about everything I needed to do to put together a film, quality film. So I didn't just shoot it, I edited the uh, content. I also did the box design. The Peralta school system's paying off. Hey, hey I got my AA degree from the Peralta, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I said it lightly, but like that's how I got to where I was. Like I, I spent a year at Laney and then that's what sent me off to D.C. So during that time period um, when I was in school at Peralta Colleges and then thereafter in D.C., I went through the same experience that a lot of people do when they go to college, where they start to hear all these big terms for ideas that they already use, like intersectionality or something like that, right? One of those words that I had come across was sex positive, and it seems like it applied to Nina's story. So I decided to ask Nina about it. So feminism, sex positivity, queer, those are words that are in a woke society. You know, I just grew up black. I didn't grow up being a feminist. When you have a single parent household mother doing what she does, you don't say, oh, mom, you're a feminist. You just say you're taking care of the family. So a lot of the things as far as connecting how I was raised or what was going on in my household at that time came in a more educated community. You know, their needs are different. They're actually, can we go to work? Is food on the table? You know, my car is fine, my yard is clean. I, you know, I can get to where I'm going to. Where here, we're concerned about a little bit more, just in our own respect, right. yeah. So the major takeaways that I have from talking to Nina are this. First, Nina's an individual. Despite where they go, they bring themselves fully to the table. Beyond that, Nina creates space for other people to be an individual, which is hella tight. You need that in society right now. Lastly, Nina makes it cool to talk about sex, which I needed to hear. I don't know about you, but we should be able to talk about sex because that's what humans do. Yeah. So thank you to Nina Joyner for letting us into your space and taking some time to explain life. Shout out to the producer behind this whole shebang, Ashley Ann Krigbaum. Our editor is Jessica Plachik, holding it down. Thank you very much. Special shout out to the team over at KQED for having our back. That's Julie Kane, David Marcus, Holly Kernan. And uh, most importantly, shout out to you. Thank you for listening. Also, this is a new show, and we could use some help getting off the ground. So feel free to share the podcast with a friend. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. And stay cool. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.